Dave Notice joins us now, Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dave, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Good. How do you think you did yesterday? Uh, we did fine. Again, you always you always you want to do more, but uh, we accomplished a couple things we set out to do. We we retained a, a lot of cap space for flexibility. We you know we added some pieces that we we were looking hard at. You don't. You know, I don't think anyone goes in and, and hits uh, 100%, but we we were happy with some of the things we did. Komarov, Robidal, which was the tougher guy to get in uh, in the fold? Um, well, probably Leo, <laughs> just because of, you know his his options are, are are pretty wide open. You know, he's he's been a uh, an elite player in the KHL. They've you know worked hard to try to keep him over there, um, and you know I, I think. For those guys, once they get entrenched in that that system, sometimes they they just want to stay. At the end of the day, he you know he wanted to come back and play in North America, and and you know we wanted to have him with with uh, with Stefan. I think you know he had three or four teams that um, uh, that he felt were very close. He took his time. It didn't happen right at uh, 12. That's for sure. He was you know he he went through uh, um, the process and and spoke to the different teams and. You know, I think we're fortunate to have him. He'll be he'll be good for us both on and off the ice. You've made a couple moves on the back end, adding Robida, uh, Roman Polak. Uh, I mean, you know, right-handed defenseman. Uh, what was your thought process in kind of revamping the back end? Well, there's a couple things. You know, I think last year we've said it for a few years. We liked uh, our our D. We just weren't necessarily happy with how they fit together, and that you know, I think sometimes that happens. Part of Part of the uh, things that we didn't like was, you know, you, you can you don't always have to have equal amount of left and right, but it's it is difficult when you only have one right-handed defenseman. And um, you know, with uh, with Cody being our only right shot last year, you're asking some of the players, particularly the younger ones, to play their offside. Um, so that was one of the you know targets for us was to get. Uh, at least one other right shot D, and then it was the change to the mix about you know how we play the game a little bit. Yeah, with uh, uh, with Robida and and with uh, Roman, you're talking about guys who play very very hard, and the compete level of those guys um, is a big part of their game, and and we think it'll it'll rub off with the rest of our group. Now the Cody Franzen situation is interesting because you know if it's an arbitration case, this is something that. You know, statistically, he's done all right. Is this something with the right-handed shots to maybe help insulate you in case something can't be worked out? Well, you know, if, if it goes, if it ends up in arbitration, it does. Uh, we always like to try to negotiate a deal as opposed to to be in front of an arbitrator. But um, you know, Cody's Cody had a, a very good year two years ago. Uh, last year, not quite as good. A lot of that was. It was due to, I think, injury and and some circumstance. But um, he's a quality player and a guy that's got a shot like that and and that can uh, uh, can play a, on the power play. He, you know, for us, he's an asset. We, you know, at this point, we'd definitely like to keep him, and we'll see how the summer plays out. Dave Nonis is our guest here on Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. He's the senior VP and general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, whether or not the report was erroneous or not, it did get out uh, with Franson uh, allegedly being offered to Montreal. Uh, when something like that leaks, do you deal, and in this case Franson specifically, but generally speaking, do you deal with a player after a report like that gets out? If, if we were to go to the player every time there's something that's out in the media, uh, I'd spend most of my day trying to track them down. <laughs> so I, I think it's you know players understand 
that that rumors and and uh, certain things that end up in the media are some are true, some aren't, and and it's part of the game. Um, you know, there's uh, in a market like Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver, for that matter. I think that there's there's more um, more things thrown out than than anywhere else, and that's that's part of the game. You deal with it. The template of your team. Are you trying to get away from having you know, for lack of better words, a designated tough guy on that fourth line? You know, do you want to have more depth on your bottom six that you can have four lines? Yes. Yeah, you know, we we want to, you know, the tough toughness is going to be part of the game. Um, we we have a lot of that. We have a lot of it coming. If you look at the Marlies and the guys who are down there, there's there's no no shortage of of players that can play that role. But your third and fourth lines have to contribute. And you you know, you, if you look at some of the top teams in the league, their their fourth lines are playing, you know, between eight and twelve minutes. Um, if you're if you're playing your fourth line three or four minutes. Over the course of the season, your top three lines are going to be beat up, and uh, so we need to to work work uh, I think hard at at adding the pieces there. The coaching staff can feel comfortable playing against any line. And that being said, who on the Marlies legitimately has a chance to challenge to be on your team next year? Well, I think there's a few. Um, that'll, listen, everyone gets an opportunity, and there's always guys that 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 come in that you're surprised at and uh, I think next year will will be no different particularly because of the you know the openings that we we have um, you know but Josh Levo I think had an excellent year he's one of the first players uh, that we've had in a long time to score over 20 goals as a rookie um, he, you know if he has a good summer he'll he has a chance uh, uh, you know Brol can play that role as a heavy guy um, you know Sammy Carrick maybe a little bit a little bit away from that, but uh, he's he's come up the, the the chain pretty hard as well on the back end. I think Petter Granberg uh, and Stuart Percy both have put themselves in a spot to challenge for a, a position. Dave, what does Fratton offer the Leafs that Domingo didn't? Well, I think Matt's a, a guy that can move up the lineup a little more than Jerry. You know, Jerry did a, a good job. He he is a good penalty killer, um, but he's he's pretty much a guy that's going to play in that four spot. Where Matt has played up the lineup, he's got maybe a little more skill. He's got a better shot, um, and he, he's, he's uh, he can kill penalties, kill penalties as well as, as Jerry. So he just gives us a little more flexibility up and down the lineup. But they're both, I think they're both uh, probably going to end up starting in the same position for for different teams. The report was that you gave Boland a very nice offer. He opted to go to Florida instead. Did that surprise you? Uh, not necessarily. No. Again, when he can't make a player sign, and and we did, you know, we we did put a a significant offer on the table for him. We felt it was reflective of his value to us, where he should be paid, and there was another team that felt that you know he should be paid more, and the the player has the right to to pick where he plays once he reach um, free agency. Obviously, again, speculation out there. I don't know if you can clarify or not, but a guy like James Reimer, uh, you know, how are you going to deal with that situation moving forward, him being an RFA, you know, rumors out there that he has asked to be moved. Uh, you know, if Jonathan Bernier is going to elevate and be your number one, what is your plan unofficially or officially uh, moving forward on that? Yeah, you know, there's been a lot of talk about James. If if there's a, a deal that makes sense for us to move James Reimer and makes us better and gives us assets that are reflective of what what he is, which is a, a goaltender who has been a number one who could challenge for a number one here, uh, then you know then you look to do it. But 
Um, it's difficult finding quality goaltenders. We think he is one, and uh, I would expect that uh, if there isn't a deal that makes sense, that he would come to camp in the best shape he possibly can be in and with the mindset to try to play as many games as he can. So uh, I don't see any it, it as being an issue. Um, he's a professional. He's a good guy. There's no issue with him. Um, you know, James and, and, and Bernie had a good relationship last year. And at this point, I would... I would say I would I would be um, I would expect him to be a camp and expect him to be a leaf. Josh Georges uh, apparently was in your sights as far as a trade went. He ended up going to Buffalo, adding Buffalo to the list of teams that he could be traded to, as opposed to reporting here uh, or accepting a trade here. Uh, did did that surprise you? And I just I'd love to get your thoughts on on just your take on what Josh Georges went through. Well, I, I can't tell you what he went through. It's that's you'd have to get a hold of Josh. But um, you know, he again, the player that's earned the right to go somewhere else can exercise that right. Um, you know, if it was too much uh, of a blow to to play for for a team that uh, you know he considered a, a heavy rival, that's I, I I might find that odd. But that's his that's his choice. And and uh, again, you player earns that right. So you know we. We have uh, made the moves we wanted to make on the back end. We feel like we're very comfortable with the group we have, and and if there's a deal there that you know, changes that further as the summer moves along, we'll do it. But we'd be more than happy starting with this group. Uh, when it comes to signing some of the players that you did yesterday and your thought process moving forward, how much does Randy Carlisle factor into that thought process? Is he in the room and and offering you know kind of the players that he would like to coach? No, no. I mean, Randy spent some time with uh, with Stefan, but I think for a player that's coming in and in a more than likely his last contract, he wants to know that that uh, that he's a fit with the coach. But other than that, no, Randy. You know, we know what Randy uh, does as a coach. Uh, you know how he how he handles players. Um, we don't you know don't need to to have him in there uh, for the course of the day. We've already. You know, picked up a lot of the things we, that we know he likes, but we're going to make the decisions based on on the players that we feel will be the best fit for him, and and the guys we added yesterday we felt were were good fits for us and him. Dave, what was, what was Brendan Shanahan's addition to the dynamic like? What was his role? Well, he, he's got a different perspective um, than than I do, and that he you know he he played the game at the NHL level for a long long time and he played on some pretty good teams so um you know he's got he's got a a, a view as uh, from a, a high-end player and that's uh you know i think that's often useful or there might be some some things that uh, i'll throw out and and he can counteract or or offer up his opinion from a player standpoint and you know i think we've been able to agree on on um the path of this of the organization going forward because of it so it's it's been very good Will we see a, a change in philosophy from the organization on what the fourth line looks like and what kind of contribution it makes? Because in the past, minutes have been limited. There's been a very heavy, heavy weight uh, appearance on the fourth line as well. Will that change this year? Uh, well, a little bit, but I, I think we were we were talking a lot about it um, last year as well. And it, the game goes through these ebbs and flows and you know right now i think that that toughness is is part of the game you you need it on your team uh your skilled players want to see it but again those players have to be able to contribute and, and provide you some minutes so if, you know you don't have to look too much further than the teams that go far into the playoffs they're not you know they're, they're no shrinking violets but they're fourth line players you know they can contribute so 
and th that is a focus. We, you know, it's not something really new. We've been talking about it for over 12 months, but you you have to um, you have to add those players or acquire them and or develop them. And we've got a few in the you know with the Marlies that fit that role as well. That uh, they're probably not ready to do it yet, but they're pretty close. And and you know, at some point we'll probably see the you know, the likes of the Broles and Devans in our lineup. It's hard to believe, as a final question, that there's anything left out there because there were so many players signed yesterday. But when you look at what's left on the free agent market, do you expect to be active, or are you basically done? No, there's still a few guys that we're that we're uh, kicking tires on. Um, it, it's this is the way it generally works. I mean, the first day is a flurry, and and you saw how much money was spent yesterday. <laughs> the number of players, and every year we talk about Gee, that can't can't happen again next year, and it does. But um, there's always players that get that get signed as it moves along sometimes it's two days later sometimes it's two weeks later there'll be there'll be guys that'll that'll be signed uh, with us and other teams that will help us maybe just depth guys players that play 30 games but those guys are important too dave final question from me uh the thought process yesterday on some of the signings as far as when it comes to character and dynamic in the dressing room that's all we heard and people challenging you know dion as a captain that type of stuff was that in your guys' mindset as far as bringing players in that may mesh into that leadership uh, group, put it, in, put it that way? Well, yes, to, you know, to answer your question, yes, it was in our mindset, but not because we don't think Dion is a, you know, has the ability to, to be a leader. But if you can add some character and some, you know, some uh, I think, effort into your lineup, uh, you know, why not do it, especially when you have some of the youngest players as your core players like we do. You know, we Stefan Robot can teach Morgan Riley and, and Jake Gardner a lot about you know how to be a pro and and how to handle themselves because he's played such a long time and he's been such a you know a, a good uh, player at it. Um, you know, bringing Leo back was important to us because of of what he does to our team and he brings players into the fight with him. I mean, uh, our 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 players to a man were were thrilled. Um, you know, texting me and calling me that that he was a, a guy that once we signed him that they were thrilled to have him back. Like those players, um, I think, can generate a lot of a lot of emotion. And like I said, they can they can bring players into the fight with them. And that's what we had two years ago, and we need to get it back this year. Dave, I know it's been a crazy uh, few hours for you here. Thank you so much for taking some time and joining us here on TSN 1050. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks for having me. That is Dave Nonas, the senior vice president and general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs.